Welcome to the Random City Podcast. Chester Copperpot, he was a pro. He never made it this far. A competitor. He was very good. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. Just listen to the old pork chop express. Take his advice on a dark and stormy night. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. When Godzilla's coming, y'all be tripping. Where did you come from? From your blood. I'm brute. You will be. You underestimate my power. He's gonna be the third scariest thing on that train. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Hello, welcome back to the Random City Podcast. This is Jimmy and Georgia, your host as always, and we are here today, July 3rd, 2017, for a special bonus episode. We normally only have episodes on Thursday mornings, but it's a special day here, as the United States of America is about to celebrate its Independence Day. And of course, for me, when I think of Independence Day, yes, there's the Declaration of Independence, there's the Revolutionary War, Paul Revere, those types of things, but I also think Will Smith and the 1996 neo-classic Independence Day. I think it's a great movie. It's one of those movies I've talked about recently that still captures my imagination after all these years, something I still enjoy watching, much like Men in Black and and some of the other movies I've spoke about recently. And we're going to get into that movie, a novel, and a little talk about the sequel here today, as our country is about to celebrate the actual Independence Day. And so, happy 3rd of July today. Happy 4th of July tomorrow, if you're listening to this anywhere near the actual holiday. So this weekend, one of the things I did, I took about three hours out of my Saturday, and I drew Scooby-Doo. I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan. I always have been. Going back to being a kid and watching reruns of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, the Scooby-Doo movies. I love the ones when they had Batman and Robin, the Harlem Globetrotters, Don Knotts, those type of things on there. Jerry Reed was another guest star that I remember very vividly. And there's other series over the years. I really, really enjoyed Mystery Incorporated a few years back. That was a fun show. And that's pretty much what I sketched out yesterday. I took an 11 by 14 marker paper. So it's fairly large. Usually I've been doing 2.5 by 3.5 sketch cards. Little tiny little sketch cards. And I took a huge piece of paper in my book. Anyway, 11 inches by 14 inches. And I sketched out the Scooby Gang. Mystery Incorporated there. Fred's in the middle. Velma, Shaggy on the left. Scooby Daphne on the right. Turned out, I think, pretty well. It's one of my favorite pieces I've ever worked on, which I think is kind of a fun thing to say. I've mentioned briefly some of this stuff on the show. I used to sketch a lot back in high school. I just had, you know, sketch pads from Walmart and pencils and things. Of those, there was only one piece of work that I really looked at and like, I really like this one. This is a good one. And at the time, I was a big music fan. I was a big Nirvana fan. And this was after the passing of Kurt Cobain. I, I saw a photo of him. Maybe in like a Rolling Stone magazine or something. It was a black and white photo. And I really thought that was a a cool image. And I sketched that out. And this is probably one of the few pieces I can really look to. I'm like, oh, I really like this piece. Normally, I'm usually very critical of what I do. Probably more so than other people. But this one I actually like. So (laughs) if you go over to at Jimmy and Georgia on Twitter or Instagram, you can find... The little thing, I think it looks pretty nice. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And if you have suggestions of things I should sketch, send them in. That'd be cool. Always looking for something new to sketch. I try not to be too repetitive unless I feel like I'm going to go back and make it much better than the previous version. I, I did a couple Grand Admiral Thrawns a while back from the Star Wars Rebel show. And the first Grand Admiral Thrawn from January was not so hot. 
The one from maybe May. Not really sure when I drew it. I liked it a lot more. But of course, after drawing literally hundreds of things this year, <laughs> I should like it more. Uh, the Scooby-Doo sketch I did was my 299th sketch of the year, which I think is pretty good for only being five months into the year. I would like to hit approximately two a day as my total for the whole year. So that gets that's a little over 700 sketches for the year. I would like to get there. I don't know if I will, but I literally have probably drawn more this year than I maybe have ever drawn in the rest of my whole life. Quite possible. I mean, hundreds of things. I don't, I've got sketchbooks, you know, here and there, but there's not hundreds and hundreds of those. So, uh, I don't know. It's been fun. I like it. Fun going back and doing something that I enjoy. Kind of like doing this podcast thing. I like doing podcasts. There for a while, two things happened that kind of dissuaded me from doing this. And I talked about this a long time ago on the Random City Podcast, one of them, anyway. I think it was season, I guess it was season one of the Random City Podcast. This is one of the reasons the show kind of faltered at, at the very beginning. I had a crazy downstairs neighbor at the apartment I was living in. It was an older apartment, and you walk around, yeah, it squeaks. You know, if you live in a home, you live in a, pretty much anywhere. Up There's an upstairs and downstairs. Typically, if you're downstairs, you can hear the folks or your dog or whoever else around walking around upstairs. And so this lady just assumed I was trying to harass her by walking around my apartment. And so for literally a couple months, she harassed me. Almost on a daily basis, she'd call the cops. She'd have her nephews or sons or some people come up and complain. I'm like, the cop thing was funny to me because I literally was sitting at my computer at the time chatting on Facebook with my wife now, which she wasn't my wife then. And so for the for the previous hour, I literally sat at my computer desk and was typing on the keyboard. And a cop showed up on my door. Just crazy. And so yeah, dealing with that, I kind of cut the podcast a little short to begin with. And then a couple years later on, my laptop died. You know, the blue screen's of death, which you never want to see. Had a motherboard problem. And then I went back to my older computer, and it just never worked out. And so the, the sound quality just was dead. I'd rather not do it than it sound terrible. So for, I guess, around 9, 10 weeks now, I've pretty much been consistent with this. And I really would like to continue doing this on a regular basis. I have things I'd like to talk about, and sometimes I don't get very far into them. Just because I do try to keep the show kind of short, just to make it kind of listenable. I just feel like some podcasts go on and on and on and on for hours, and it can be a chore to listen to them sometimes. And so I don't, I don't ever want that to be the case with what I'm doing. So anyway, I guess that's some random talk. So yeah, if you want to check out any of my sketch work stuff, jimmyandgeorgia.com, Jimmy and Georgia on Twitter, Jimmy and Georgia on Instagram, and there's also a page on Facebook called Jimmy and Georgia Art. So you can check out any of those if you'd like to check those out. And I guess with random stuff said, We'll jump in to some Independence Day discussion after this old school random commercial because I like to throw those in. Independence Day. We've got company and they're getting ugly. Massive, nasty aliens. Bursting skulls reveal their secret power. Now they plan to pound Earth's heroes with awesome tentacle attack. Time for the big payback. Levinson cams the radar and Whitmore delivers the final blow. ID4, get off our planet. ID4, Independence Day, each with computer mission disc. Collect them all. So today, 21 years ago, Independence Day, the movie, the film, came out July 3rd, 1996. Myself, I was in college at the time. I just finished my first year of college. And I absolutely love this movie. I remember at the time, at the college I was at, I was doing orientation leadership stuff where myself and other students would welcome the freshmen in and help them 
do some things as they, you know, toured campus and those types of things. And so I remember that year, that summer, for at least one of, if not multiple, usually there were several orientations over the summer. For one of those orientations, I printed out the Independence Day spaceship on the top of my name tag just because I literally enjoyed the movie. I don't know. I think that's pretty funny. That's just one of my random Independence Day memories. One thing I would definitely say about this movie, apart from anything else, Will Smith had been in a couple movies prior to this, one of which was kind of popular, Bad Boys with Martin Lawrence. But this is the movie that took Will Smith from, you know, at first he was a rap star. And then he was a TV star with The Fresh Prince. This made him a legitimate movie star, a a leading man, a Hollywood icon, pretty much right out the gate. And for several years now after this, we talked about a few days ago, the next year on the same day, Men in Black came out. A huge successful movie. He was in some other movies that weren't as successful in coming years, I guess. And he's been in more dramatic things. But he just had a huge movie career, kind of more or less based on Independence Day. At least in my mind. At least that's the way I've always viewed it. And so, that's cool. I mean, just over the years, Will Smith has made movies that I just love. I, I Am Legend. Fantastic movie. That movie is built on him. From the majority of that movie, it's just him and a dog. Not many actors can pull that one off, I don't think. But yeah, just Will Smith being so likable made this movie in so many ways. And there were some other characters and other actors who, who made it very memorable as well. Like Randy Quaid's character was very memorable. And so you take out those two, if nothing else, just you take out Randy Quaid and Will Smith, you going into that second sequel, you're looking at some difficult roads to go down. But we'll get there. We'll get part two in a little bit. But yeah, you know, basic alien story. The aliens have arrived. Hopefully they're our friends. Oh no, they're blowing up the whole world pretty much. or destroying all these major cities and military installations, which is, you know, kind of the worst nightmare scenario of if there are extraterrestrials out there, this is what we hope don't happen. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not E.T. It's not Close Encounters. This is they've come to kill us all. And I think that would probably be the most likely scenario if something like this were to go down. And I, and I think it's funny. People like Stephen Hawking, the physicist, has come out and said we shouldn't try to send messages out into outer space in hopes to try to hide ourselves from a, you know an advanced civilization if they're out there. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of kind of funny. But anyway. Roland Emmerich directed this film. Dean Devlin was the writer. It opened here domestically with a lot of money, but the total domestic was $306 million. Worldwide, $817 million is in 1996 dollars. That's a huge movie. I'm not sure what the inflation rate would be from 1996 to now, but the movie tickets cost a whole lot more now. I think it's funny. Last Thursday, we talked about Spaceballs, Bill Pullman being Lone Star there, and here he is, the President Whitmore. And he has one of the most fantastic presidential speeches in all of movies. He's one of my favorite movie presidents here. Harrison Ford would be another in Air Force One. And But as far as fictitious presidents, those are probably my two favorite movie presidents. One random thing, I have to throw this in, I guess. The girl at the beginning that works with Will Smith's girlfriend is from Saved by the Bell, the college years. And she went to go to greet the aliens in L.A. on top of a building and got blown up. I always thought that was interesting that the Saved by the Bell girl was there. Judd Hirsch and Jeff Goldblum had an interesting repartee in this movie. I really enjoyed them as father and son. Jeff Goldblum, he plays the same guy in every movie. Kind of stutters, kind of talks over himself. He's super smart. I mean, that's not much difference between this character and Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park in a lot of ways. Except for this guy worked for the cable company, not for some university or something. We go to the whole Area 51 thing. We have Brent Spiner from Star Trek there. He's a crazy scientist. They have 
pretty cool special effects as far as the actual aliens. But they had really, for the time, 1996, had really good special effects for the spaceships flying around and stuff. Very believable at the time, at least. I really enjoyed Harry Connick Jr. here as Will Smith's friend. Kind of the goose to his maverick, you know, briefly in the film. I don't know, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I don't know when it would have been. But I used to quote Harry Connick Jr. from this movie. I mean, there's always the, kick the tires, not the fires, Big Daddy. I think that's kind of a ripoff of Top Gun. But then he has the thing where he, I guess he's quoting, and honestly, I'm not 100% sure. I always assumed it was Jesse Jackson for some reason. He just says he quotes the good reverend. And he says, as a good reverend will say, I do not know why we're on this particular mission, but I do know this. The Black Knights will prevail victorious once again. He was an interesting little addition to the movie. He made it better. And you can't always say that about actors and characters in films. I love this first movie. Had a happy ending. We we saved the world from the aliens by using old school technology. And they, the one, I guess, kind of cheesy plot point was they saved the world by giving the computer virus to the aliens. <laughs> that makes no sense. Quite honestly, zero sense. But it worked. So it's fine. It was a simpler time back in 1996. But just some of the little things Will Smith did in this movie. Three of those kind of stick out. I think it's when he punches the one alien that crashes and tells him, Welcome to Earth! And then he has his victory dance, which is his cigar. Um, which is what I sketch, which is this cover art for today's episode. If you've seen Instagram or Twitter or the website or any of those things. Again, I don't know. Depending on your podcatcher, it may or may not show up there. It may just show the, the main feeds image. But Will Smith, with his victory dance, is the cover art for this week. And then, you know, he's always talking about the fat lady singing throughout the film. And so it was just a fun little thing. Had little callbacks. Good, good sci-fi. Good movie. And so last year, we had a couple things come out. We had Independent Day Resurgence came out at the end of June of last year. But right before that, on May 24th of last year, a novel was released called Independence Day Crucible. This was the official prequel to the new Independence Day Resurgence. And basically what this does is fill in the gap from 1996 until 2016. So over a span of 20 years. And I've read just about half of this book. I'm, a, I'm literally like 51% or so on my Kindle. And I was hoping to have this finished in time to uh, discuss it here today on the show. But I didn't, I didn't get finished with it. But it's an interesting way they do it. And one thing I'll say this. Greg Keyes is the guy who wrote this book. He does a fantastic job of writing Captain Stephen Hiller a.k.a. Will Smith. Like, when I read the words of him speaking, it sounds like Captain Hiller, which sounds like Will Smith in my head. And they do a fantastic job with that. So I would have really liked to have seen him back in this new film. It would have made the new film much better. It would have. It absolutely would have. But since I didn't get through the entire book, I don't want to, like, ruin it. I don't know if you're even interested in, in checking out the book, but I'll give you the brief little couple paragraph description in case this is something you might want to check out. The cities were crushed by the falling spacecraft, but one ship didn't crash. It remained intact, and disgorged hordes of alien soldiers determined to fight to the death. The abandoned vessels also contained a wealth of advanced technology. Led by David Levinson, the greatest minds of the world developed deadly new hybrid weapons. Bases were built on the moon, Mars, and beyond. A new generation of defenders had to be trained for the invaders would return. In the headlong rush to prepare, however, not everyone would survive. And so I'm literally like halfway through. It tells you lots of cool information about the people in Independence Day Resurgence as as children in a lot of cases, depending on which character it is. A lot of it focuses in on a nation in Africa who had to fight off the aliens hand-to-hand combat style. 
which is honestly really interesting. But yeah, I haven't finished it. So and again, I don't want to don't want to ruin anything. So I just want to bring that up. And it is available on audiobook. So if you want to sign up for that free Audible trial we're always talking about, you can go over to audible.randomcitypodcast.com and you can get a free trial and you can get Independence Day Crucible as one of your audiobooks for free if you'd like. And that would be yours to keep even if you canceled your free trial. Okay, so let's go to Independence Day Resurgence last year. It came out on June 24th, 2016. And a huge amount of the cast came back for this new film. Roland Emmerich back as the director. Dean Devlin came back as the producer. I mean, so many of the people from the original are here. Brent Spiner, Vivica A. Fox, Jen Hirsch, Will Pullman, Jeff Goldblum. Unfortunately, it didn't work out with Will Smith. It would have been better with Will Smith. I think the movie would have been successful had Will Smith been in it. I think it was a bold move for them to try to do this without him, quite honestly. And overall, I liked it. It's like a lot of sequels, though. It has problems. There's things that kind of wonky here and there, a little slow here and there. Overall, the story's kind of interesting of how they were trying to, to fight back, and now that they've come back with a, you know another invasion force. And some of the stuff that went on was, was different and, and new. And, hey, that's good. It was definitely more multinational this time. It wasn't just, you know, our one little base that we saw pretty much in the first movie. I mean, yeah, there was parts where it, it showed around the world. Other people were involved in helping. Liam Hisworth was one of the new characters here that, you know, was kind of the lead as the new young fighter pilot types. Along with Jesse T. Usher played Dylan Hiller who was the adoptive son of, of a Will Smith character from the first movie. He, and then Mayaka Monroe played Patricia Whitmore, which was the daughter of the president from the first movie. And then Liam Hisworth character is Jake Morris. Those were kind of the three fighter pilots that were kind of the, the lead of the Earth Force or whatever. <laughs> Overall, I, I didn't mind it. I, I enjoyed it. I think it could have been better, sure. But they did some interesting things. I'd watch it again. I think that's the thing for a movie. If it's interesting enough for me to see it again, that's probably a good sign. For me, at least. If some people watch a movie once and they don't ever want to see it again. I feel like this would probably be the end of the franchise. And being taken 20 years to get there, that, that doesn't help. I was talking last week how people are losing interest in things that are a few years old. Much less something from 20 years ago. I think that's something you have a hard time overcoming. Unless you're Star Wars. <laughs> that's a little different. Well, I guess that's going to wrap up this brief episode of the Random City Podcast as we celebrate our Independence Day. And I guess I should wrap up by saying, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Something like that. So, happy Independence Day, everyone, if you're in America. If not, happy 3rd or 4th of July, because it's the 3rd or 4th of July, regardless if you celebrate Independence Day as an American holiday. So, <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show, you can. You can email us at randomcitypodcast@gmail.com. You can go to randomcitypodcast.com, find all sorts of information about the show. You can follow us on Twitter, at Random City. Go to Instagram, follow us over there if you'd like, at Random City Podcast. You can find us in iTunes, Google Play, in the Satchel Player, and in Stitcher if you search for the Jimmy and Georgia Radio feed. And that feed, Jimmy and Georgia Radio, is available in iTunes as well, and you can also go to jimmygeorgia.com for basically some of the same information. Oh yeah, one more thing I want to mention here before we sign off. A few days ago, I started the Random City Podcast YouTube channel, and I took episodes 63 through 65 and made a video of them, and there's nothing too dramatic about them, but they're available there, and it's interesting just the way YouTube works, the way Google is. 
Those are up, and within like the first few hours, if you search for the Random City Podcast in Google, those YouTube videos were hitting right there at the top of the search results. So I can see why people use that, I guess, for nothing else, for search engine optimization. If you have YouTube Red, I think that's what it's called, where you can listen to your YouTube videos and music and things without actually watching the videos, which I actually signed up for a free trial for here recently. It's kind of an interesting way to go, because there's definitely things on YouTube you don't necessarily have to watch that you just might want to listen to on your phone or something. And so I've been doing that to some things here and there. But I figured that might be a new way for people to find out about the show and maybe a way that someone who already knows about the show might want to check it out as well. So there is a Random City Podcast YouTube channel, but you just have to search for it. I don't have like a little name yet. You have to get so many followers, I think, before you can have a name. But if you want to follow us on YouTube, please do search Random City Podcast. Go to our channel and click the subscribe button. That would be awesome. I think that will wrap us up. And so until Thursday, I'm Jimmy in Georgia. Peace.